Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the foot of Jake Camarda. And it's a fake. Justin Fields. Oh my gosh. It was fourth and 11. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday, Takes on Takes edition of the show. We are glad to again be together in the flesh recording this podcast. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe we do better work when we're we're side by side, but... uh, let the people decide that, I guess. It's yes and no. I feel like there's benefits and there's detriments because I could see you. I could see your reactions. I could see, you know, like right now you're laughing at you. You're looking me dead in the face and you're laughing at me and it hurts my feelings more than anything. So I'm sure those bad feelings are going to manifest at some point throughout the rest of the podcast and I'm going to throw you under the bus somewhere, but that's okay. Like I could talk about how the Broncos beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl on Sunday and uh, now I've essentially got a two game lead in the Bengals-Broncos bet that we had here on Draft Dudes as far as who's the better football team. It's been a long road. You know, this didn't look real good about three, four weeks ago. I think I was four games behind you, and and here we are, and we have the tiebreaker head-to-head and a game advantage, and there's only four games left to play, so i just like your reaction. You could, like you said there, you could talk about that. I could talk. You could talk about that. So this is going to be 2-2, right? I'm going to take Washington and Trubisky. You're going to take this and the other. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Is he alive? I I cannot confirm nor deny. Somebody get Sammy Watkins on a milk carton for the fifth straight year. Maybe we can get him to show up for once. That'd be great. So we're just going to finish this thing 2-2. Yeah, that's a wash. We're going to have to find a tie break bet. Okay. We have to find something we're awesome. both willing to hedge it on, right? You know yeah, I mean? like, and sometimes I'm willing to just like take a bet for the sake of like fun on the show. Yeah, if I'm tiebreaker and I'm yeah, looking for a legit tiebreaker, like no, I'm gonna be real picky with my yeah. bets now. So uh, if you have suggestions, on, oh please, yeah, yeah, get them to us at grinding the tape at the Joe Marino. Just like what you should do if you have takes for takes on takes uh, as the as the week goes on, and you have a, a uh, an inkling on a take that you'd like to hear us react to, hit us up on Twitter at grinding the tape at the Joe Marino with that hashtag takes on takes. That way we get it on the show. This is like the third week in a row. We didn't have to ask for takes on Twitter. People just did it. And so we've got, uh, I guess 10, nine or 10 here to get into uh, that people sent in. So without further ado, let's get to the takes. Yeah. Who's first here? I'm going to give you a take first. All right. Uh, this one comes from Berg boy. Uh, which linebacker is better suited for the Mac role at the next level? Uh, Wilson or White? So that's Mac Wilson of Alabama or Devin White. Now, Mac role, he's, is he talking Khalil Mac? That's what I'm role? thinking here. So I'm thinking, is there a specific defense that has a role, a, a position entitled a Mac role? Uh, because if he's talking Khalil Mack, you know we're we're talking apples and oranges. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I I like Wilson and White a ton. I think they're both going to be first round draft picks. They'll probably both be first round values for me. But these are true off ball linebackers. Where Khalil Mack is a hand in the dirt, you know, four three edge. Or well, I guess is he could stand up a little yeah, bit, but he's an, he he's an edge. <laughs> he's an edge. He's an edge. He's a true yeah. off ball linebacker. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know that. Either one of those are really tailored for that role, um, but I really am excited about both players and the impact that they can make in the NFL, but it's not going to be as that, as that pass rusher. It's going to be as an off-ball linebacker. 
All right, Kyle, there's one here that I wanted to give you. It comes from the skill, at the skill. Uh, Tyler Biadis, Wisconsin center, is the second best interior offensive line prospect in the past three draft classes after Quentin Nelson. All right, so we're counting this year, which is fact. Last year, which Quentin Nelson was better. Nelson Nelson was the second best football player on my board last year. Year before that, trying to think of who the... Pat Elfline, I think, was was my top interior offensive lineman from that year's class. Uh, while Joe has his producer taking a look here, uh, for oh, me... Josh Garnett year. No, it was a Forrest Lamb. For, Forrest Lamb, Deion Dawkins, who plays left tackle, so he's out. Uh, maybe check the center, because I think Pat Elfline's probably your best bet. Yeah, uh, center's here. I'll poach it in, in Elfline. This is absolutely yeah. fact. <laughs> This is uh, this is a pretty safe take. Uh, actually, kind of disappointed. The skill gave us such a, a a modest take. I think this is a home run by you. The skill. Uh, Beatus is a monster. Redshirt sophomore, uh, power center, but he's very fluid. He can work his his hips across guys in hook situations and lateral blocks and and zone concepts. And uh, I think he's a plug and play starter at the next level. Should he decide to come out. Uh, for this year's 2019 NFL Draft, which, being a fan of his game and not wanting to see him wasted with Alex Hornibrook passing the ball behind him much longer, I would I would love to see it. Joe, the next tape, giving the fact that you are a Carolina boy, I figure oh, this boy. take makes sense to give you. This is from JB. Uh, is Christian McCaffrey the back, best back of the 2017 NFL Draft? I like him. We get a lot of questions about this 2017 crop of running backs, and I guess maybe with the Kareem Hunt situation, it's it's kind of more back in the limelight because there's a good case to be made that he's been the best one. Obviously, Alvin Kamara has been really good, and, and Joe Mixon's been really good, and Leonard Fournette's been good but injured. And Calvin Cook had a good game against the Patriots. He did, but he's hurt all the time. Yeah, he has been- and then there's James Conner, right? Like, James Conner's part of this class, too, which we have to remember. So, all right, when you're thinking about the top three, CMC, James Conner, and Alvin Kamara. Well, James Conner didn't do anything last year, so I think when we're talking about the best, we have to look at the entire resume. So Conner's out. So now it's Kamara or McCaffrey. I don't know. (laughs) I'd probably go Alvin. Yeah, I'm going Alvin. I'm going Alvin, but the the point's pretty clear here that, you know, Fournette's not been that guy. Mixon's in the conversation. And it comes down to McCaffrey, who's had a tremendous season this year, and hopefully that'll continue. But Kamara, for me right now, but it's close, and you know we're splitting hairs, kind of, kind of getting to that right, conclusion. Right. So, all right, Kyle, this one comes from David Bolin, our good David. friend, good friend from Wales. He says Mel Kiper, Mel Kiper Jr. saying Rashad Gary can go top five, six. Come April. So this is really not David's take. This is Mel Kuyper's take, and he wants to know what you think about that. I will respectfully disagree with Mel in that not that I think there's a zero percent chance in this draft class with this defensive line crop that you're gonna see Rayshon Gary and his questions as far as his ability to rush the passer, what position he's even playing, and the injuries that he dealt with this year. Uh, go in the top five or six when you're going to have a couple quarterback hungry teams. You're going to have Nick Bosa. You're going to have Quinn and Williams. You're going to have Ed Oliver. You're, I mean, you're going to tell me Rayshon Gary is better than the field behind <laughs> those four players, and that's it? I don't think so. 
That's a really, really rich sell of what Sean Gary can be. And look, I understand you turn on tape and it's fun to watch him fly around because he's got some really rare reps when he's chasing plays down and scraping down the line of scrimmage. But from a technical perspective, he sets the run well, but he does not rush the passer well at all. And that, for me, I, I just cannot envision a pathway for Rayshon Gary getting a top five or six overall draft slot in this year's draft. All right, Kyle Taylor gave us a couple. I'm giving you one. Okay. It's about your band crush, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no. Aaron Badman Rodgers will not end his career in Green Bay. Takes on takes. He will play. For, so this is basically, will Aaron Rodgers play for another NFL team? Correct. Joe Montana did. Brett Favre did. Couple. Couple for Brett Favre. I don't think so, man. I, th- I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to play all of his NFL football for the Green Bay Packers. I don't necessarily have any strong reasons to believe he will or wouldn't, but like he's, he's meant a lot to this team, and I think that he's going to be really motivated by the success that Drew Brees and Tom Brady have had pushing their late, you know, pushing their late thirties into their forties. And, and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if there's anything he has, is an ego. And I don't think he's going to want to be remembered as the guy that played in the era of Manning, Breeze, and Brady. Like he's going to want to play. And um, the Mike McCarthy getting fired is, is interesting. He's had so much success there. We went through his resume, but this team is really, really underperforming. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't been the same since his injuries. He's had moments where you've seen vintage Aaron Rodgers, but the consistency hasn't been there. With that said, I'm banking on him being able to put things back together. There was a lot of shifts with his weapons, his receivers this year. The offensive line is getting reacclimated. You'd expect Aaron Rodgers to be able to step in and just kind of take control of that situation. But you know, some of their stuff on defense are still learning a new system. The secondary is young. They don't really have edge rushers. But again, you expect an Aaron, a player like Aaron Rodgers to be able to elevate and overcome. Like the, the Packers supporting cast is better than the Patriots. Like the Patriots roster is very underwhelming. But Tom Brady, because of him, you know they're gonna they're gonna win the AFC East again and they're gonna win 11, 12 games. Um, anyways, long answer to a, or, or a long answer to a question that didn't really require one. But I don't think Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is gonna play for another team. All right, here we go, Kyle. You get the next one here. Oh yeah, this is for you for sure, Logan. Oh, how do you say the last name there? Hedro- Hedrogo. Hedrogo. All right, this is this is a good one. Giving a popcorn tin. Yeah, I love this tape. Is the Christmas present equivalent of box score scouting? All right, I agree with this take. And you know why? Why? Because popcorn tins, just like box score scouting, are trash. They're terrible. Don't do it. You give me a popcorn tin, I'm going to pull the top off and smash you over the head with like a steel chair at WWF wrestling. Oh, no. Okay? Now, now the outrage is going to come from the people. That's Ungrateful listen, Kyle. <laughs> listen, popcorn, I used to like popcorn when I was like five. <laughs> I'm out on popcorn. You could give me gourmet popcorn. Oh, you know wow. what I'm going to do? I'm going to have like three bites of it, and then I'm going to say this is overwhelmingly sweet and salty at the same time. It's going to overwhelm my taste buds, and I'm going to throw it away. So spend your $40. Ooh, they cost $40? Some of these gourmet popcorn assortments are outrageously (laughs) expensive. And it's more popcorn. Like, I would have to, I couldn't even feed it to the birds in my backyard. (laughs) They would, they'd get full. And I'd still have some left over. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, Okay, wait. So... 
popcorn's not bad. Like, do you think popcorn's not good? Like, I mean, you get the kernels caught in your teeth. Ah, okay. Then you get the schmutz on your fingers. You're sitting there sucking on your pinky, trying to get all the the cheddar cheese off and stuff. Like, I've been here before. I know what this is like. White cheddar popcorn, you know, like out of the black bag. The taste is fine. Yeah. But it's the, there's too many complications. There's too many red flags that come with it. There's too many off the field issues with popcorn. I'm out as a snack. What's your preferred, like if you're going to have some popcorn, you have to eat a bowl of popcorn. What's the, what's, what's going to happen here? Is it butter? You go on white cheddar. You're going to get some of the, you know, they have like seasonings that you can put on it. Salt and vinegar, like barbecue. What's going to be your popcorn if you had to eat it? Um... I'm not, I'm not eating popcorn. I need to know what to get you for Christmas. So <laughs> very funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm passing on popcorn. I'm Ow. actually I'm I'm hard sell on pretzels right now too. They well, make me thirsty. It's like the Seinfeld episode. Geez. These pretzels are making me thirsty. What normal snack food are you in in right now? Like chips um, or Cheetos or lunch meat and cheese? Yeah, I know that's yeah. been your thing. Yeah. Unless yeah, it's, it's expired, right? <laughs> we ran into just, a little bit of that this weekend. <laughs> just throw it out, baby. <laughs> It's my turn to give you <laughs> the right, take. You're go. getting Kyle Taylor's other take today. All right. Leonard Fournette should have switched positions wow. in college to defensive end for more potential money and longevity in the NFL. How good of a defensive end could he be? Oh, wow. So what is he? What is he 6'2? 240 or 230? I don't think he's 6'2. Oh, I don't know. Let my producer get the the measurements. You keep talking. You, you about may it. have I may have bought into this if you said linebacker, like an off-ball linebacker, but I don't think he has like the length or you know the the measurables we're looking for. I, I don't hate the idea of you know repurposing his athlete. He's six foot two twenty eight. That's not going to work at defensive end, off ball linebacker. I like the idea here for, for kind of an interesting topic to get into. Like, is there something he could have done to repurpose his athleticism to enjoy a longer career? Because you know, just his running style and, and what we've seen already is just going to lend itself to a lot of injuries. And again, I, I think he's a little bit of a scheme specific guy. That's a very old school throwback type player. Um, but um, I, I'm not sure defensive end is going to be the spot. I, I, I if I was going to think position switch. Off ball linebacker, but that's where it gets interesting because his pitch was centered around potential money as well, right? And well, you ain't getting paid more money as a linebacker than you, no, you know, a guy who scores touchdowns. So maybe he's just a running back that's playing in the wrong era potentially. I think so. that's what it is. Like if you had a time machine, you took Leonard Fournette back twenty, thirty years, mm-hmm. he'd be all pro. Now, and off. I don't want to, I don't want to write Leonard Fournette off. Right? No. like he's been battling injuries, and we haven't had a chance to really see fully healthy what he's been like for more than just fleeting glimpses. But we knew this coming in with Leonard Fournette. I don't know why this there was this drum up of Fournette as a generational back like we've had with Saquon Barkley because mm, really he's, he's a one gap power scheme kind of player. If Jacksonville wasn't picking, was it three that year? Four. Four. Where's where's Fournette go? I mean, I had him late teens on my board, and I feel like that would be in a much more appropriate value if you wanted to take yeah. a, an identity piece for your offense in the first round, even as a running back. Yeah, I think he's always going to be uh, that in the shop, you know, yeah. getting <laughs> yeah. right. So um, kind of have three left here. Yeah, we got three. Okay. I think I want this one, so I'm not giving it to you. Okay. I'm going to give you this one. This one right here uh, comes from one in 14. Wow, who who is that? Who's okay? Maybe so. You see these people that put like their team's record yeah. as their name. Uh, one in fourteen at underscore dbu underscore. So um, let us know what your handle means. Uh, he says he's got two. We're gonna break them up. His first one is at this time next year, Clemson will have the top quarterback, 
running back and wide receiver in the nation, obviously referring to Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and T. Higgins. The one I'm stuck with was Higgins. Yeah. Because Lawrence, I mean, you can see, we we watched the ACC championship game together, sat in the stands this past weekend. The natural talent's overwhelming with, with Trevor Lawrence already as a true freshman. Not starting, eligible next year. Keep not eligible yeah. next year. So we're not even talking draft prospects. We're just talking about the talent that right. he has. His natural ability is going to make teams salivate. There are going to be teams next year talking about getting Trevor Lawrence in 2021 because he's an absolute star of a quarterback. Uh, Travis Etienne, I'm going to be on board with. We discussed this yesterday on the show. T. Higgins, listen, LaVisca Chenault's yeah, still out there, man. That that's pops. I'm stuck. Right. And, and for that reason, I'll say that whole take is fact, but you got me with two out of three. Now, there's two takes left. I thought about being a jerk and giving you the one you don't want, but I'm not li- going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I like either one. I'm going to give you Renaya Tuyasopo's take. Oh, excellent job okay. on the name pronunciation. Yeah, I flow feel right yeah. off you, the tongue I, there. I've been like, practicing it in my head. Yeah, yeah. You, not out loud because I haven't heard that unless you just went to the restroom and started saying his name, which that's really weird. Continuing <laughs> with the seventh best coach. Yeah, like how I just rolled right through yeah, that red light. Best. I wasn't going to address it that. Best. Seventh best coach series. Yep. He did this last week with what conference was it? It's the Big Ten, wasn't it? Um, no, it wasn't the Big Ten. Big 12. Big 12, yeah. yeah. Big 12. Um, ACC this week. Willie Taggart is the seventh best coach in the ACC behind. I'm going to give you to you one at a time. Yeah. Dabo Swinney. Yeah, he's number one, right? Dino Babers. Love him. David Dorn. Respect him a ton. Mark Richt. Okay. David Cutcliffe. Switch, switch them. Cutcliffe and Richt. Love Cutcliffe. So you'd have Cutcliffe over Richt. Yeah. And then uh, Coach Fuente from Virginia Ooh, I Tech. don't like Fuente, right? So that's going to We be... talked about this over the weekend. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm out yeah. on Fuente. Um, yeah, so Taggart is definitely bottom-tier ACC coach, in my opinion. And Right now, though. Right, but I'm not sold on him. I'm, I'm really not sold on Taggart. So uh, is he the seventh-best coach right now? Yes, in terms of this. Obviously, there's going to be three There's three vacancies right now at Georgia Tech, Louisville. Well, Mac Brown's in there. Mac Brown's a better coach than friggin' Willie Taggart, in my opinion, even though everyone wants to crown on, crap on him because he's old. But I still think his ability to lead a program is better. At, I feel better about right now than Taggart. I think we're overlooking Bronco Mendenhall, who's he, done He some, did mention him here. Okay. Maybe, maybe even eighth, eighth with, with Bronco. Okay, so that's Bronco the next Mendenhall. part there. Um is there any notable omissions in terms of the head coach? Well, I guess that's it. There's he mentioned nine, and there's three vacancies. Yeah, who do, who am I forgetting here? And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time like racking my brain here. But well, if, if Louisville would have hauled Brom, that would have pushed him down another one, right? But they didn't. They don't even have a coach. Uh, yeah. So if the if the, the it, no, I I agree with a lot of this. Again, I I flipped Cutcliffe, Cutcliffe and Rick. I think Mendehall's better than. Taggart and Fuente and Fuente and you put Taggart above Fuente. I put Fuente above Taggart. Okay, that hurt you. I can see it in your eyes right now. Just a, look at me. That hurt. I just say. think those are the bottom line here. Virginia Tech and Florida State. I'm not very excited about your futures. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I'm just not sold on either one of those two guys. All right, one more take. Yeah, and this comes from our good friend one in fourteen. Stephon Gilmore is the best corner. In the league. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore had a great season this year so far, but this is fake news. Mm. There, there's a lot of great corners out there. And Joe, just to end our live recording on a positive note, Trey White 
I would rather have Trey Wright than Stephon Gilmore. Wow. So oh, that was a nice little touch there. Just, I uh, just wanted to throw that out there on the air as, th- as Trey White's number one fan. Thank you, thank you. I, Gilmore is maybe having the best season. Yeah, I at, think that's that's probably a right. more accurate assessment. I don't right. think he's the top corner, but he's playing at the highest consistent level this season. Right, right. That's where I'm. That's where I can get on board with this. Okay, takes on takes. That's a wrap. Yeah. Nothing on the spot here? Nothing crazy? No, nothing on the spot. Thank you. Uh, We got some fun stuff lined up for the rest of the week, Joe. We're going to do five worst uh, franchise building blocks on uh, Thursday. Now, if you listen to the Thursday show, go back and listen, if you didn't already, to last Thursday's show, in which we listed the, the top five franchise cornerstones. And I feel like there's an explanation needed here because there were some outraged fans that we didn't include their teams we're only mentioning the three best players yeah so i don't care how deep your team is yeah. we're looking at who are your three best cornerstones let's rank those players that's the that is the process that we're engaged in and we're going to do the worst five teams on thursday's show then we have the tdn super show with john ledyard and trevor sycamore on friday this week here yeah. on draft dudes and Wednesday still be determined, I Man. believe. So we're, we've got a floating topic. Anything you'd like to hear about us talk, let us know. You can reach us. Joe is on Twitter, at the Joe Marino. I'm at Grinding the Tape. Thanks, as always, guys, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll catch up with you all again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.